keep Rayman Digital on the air through 2020 by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to kill and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Yes, I am General Michael Flores, the Princess of Alderaan. <laughs> the Princess of Alderaan? I can be whatever I want, David. Don't laugh. The society has told me I can be and do whoever I want. Is that why I see that slavely costume uh, out there? Why did you have to sexualize me immediately? <laughs> immediately you sexualize me, Dave. <laughs> Why can't you say you're wearing a beautiful gown? <laughs> you immediately go with your pervert brain to my misogynistic brain. Yeah. And pervert brain. Is my penis hanging out? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, at least you got actually, you know, bikini waxed and stuff. You're looking way too much. I, I feel very insecure now. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, just a few short days away. To the rise of Skywalker. Reyna, hello. How are you, by the way? Hey, I'm here. Hi, guys. All right. So, just a few short days from the premiere of The Rise of Skywalker. The calm before the storm, our final broadcast before seeing The Rise of Skywalker. We do have press screenings, so we will be watching early next week and we'll have a review out very shortly. As per usual, the first half of our spoiler-free review will be spoiler-free. That's why it's called spoiler-free, David. Exactly. And the second half will be filled with discussion. Now, for this episode, the reason why we have all convened for today, for this episode, I wanted to celebrate and have some fun. I wanted to focus 100% on the impending release of The Rise of Skywalker. You wanted to lubricate our enthusiasm for the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because there's been I feel like we've been very negative lately and not I don't want to say negative. Somebody sent me a message saying they they appreciate our truth and honesty. And they can tell we love Star Wars, whereas sometimes people get really passionate and it just sounds like they hate Star Wars and everything Disney and oh God, doom and gloom. Yes. And I'm glad to know that we don't we sound that way. We just sound like we're a little frustrated at times. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing is kind of like there's a difference between trolling and the, the what 
a lot of people in the media say is Star Wars haters. Right. And we're definitely not Star Wars haters. No. Definitely not. We have just been frustrated lately with some of the indecisiveness of Lucasfilm. But that doesn't mean we're not still on board. And that's why I want to make sure we get that across with this final broadcast before the rise of Skywalker. I want to talk about our final expectations, feelings and thoughts on the recent onslaught of marketing and <laughs> teaser trailers like we've never seen before. Have you ever seen this, Dave? No. It's insane, no. right? It's it's insane and it's also kind of for me it's a little frustrating. Oh, simmer down. Well, because like remember, I just said we we're gonna be positive. I know we're we're, we're being positive. I'm not saying like the the stuff they've released is bad. Actually, in fact, my enthusiasm for the movie is fantastic. Right, and it's it's getting stronger and stronger with everything they've released so yeah. far. Yeah, the blood is flowing. We're getting more girthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens. I I, I guess I wish they basically would have eased me into it. Right. You know. Right. You know it, it's. You got to be easy on us. Don't just basically just shove all this information into us. (laughs) Well, I understand what they're trying to do. Now, first off, I I understand where you're coming from. I'm assuming, Dave, that it's because you don't want to see so much. You want there to be some mystery, right? A little bit. Yeah. 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 I can definitely understand that. Just don't push play then. (laughs) Yeah. Don't uh, (laughs) Don't push play. Don't watch the trailers. And it's so difficult, too, because like some some of the stills that they release with them. Yeah, it yeah. makes you want to see what the hell yeah. is this about? Well, especially the Kylo Ren one they dropped today, the oh, Kylo wow. Ren clip. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> and I was super excited after watching it. And we're going to talk about that towards the second half of the show. After we talk about our expectations, we're then going to take a little break. And then we're going to get into some theories because after seeing that trailer, that clip, I should say. I have a little bit more solid footing going into this movie, meaning I'm not saying they gave away the goods. I don't think we know anything. Honestly, Disney is not going to give up the goods in trailers for their final movie. Are they pushing a lot of things? Yes, absolutely. Kathleen Kennedy said as much. Uh, I want to say two or three days ago, she said in an interview, yes, you have noticed that we are pushing a lot more footage out there than we have done in the past. And we figure Why are we holding back so many secrets of things that aren't really relevant to the plot necessarily? We're showing you things that we think won't ruin the movie for you, but we are showing more than we have in the past because this is the final movie. And we figure we have a little more latitude to do so. Yes. And and it does make sense what she's saying is like we also have to understand that this movie is I think the runtime is going to be. At least I think the last uh, her, I heard was two hours and 21 minutes, two hours, 21 minutes, which is that might have that might have changed because uh, I want to say a week prior, it was just over two and a half hours. Yeah. And that's a lot. So them releasing not enough things, day for me, but <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. And it, it's I'm a greedy. very long. It's a it's it's a decent sized movie. So I'm a size queen. Decent size is not enough for me. <laughs> but like with all the all the clips that they've been showing, it hasn't just like what you said, it hasn't given away anything. It really has. The closest one was today. Right. And that's <laughs> why I feel like the marketing is finally good for for Star Wars, because before with Force Awakens, they didn't all they needed to do was show Han Solo and Chewie say we're home and, and they're going to they're going to pack the theaters. Yeah. 
Last Jedi is like, all right, you guys were excited about Force Awakens. You guys loved Rogue One. Here's a few trailers. Here's one and two, a couple little mini teasers. Boom, done. TV spots. That's it. Maybe a handful. But now, because this is the final movie, and also we can all agree that the PR of late hasn't been great for yes. Star Wars. Over the last year and a half, it, it has slowly declined. And fortunately, with the release of The Mandalorian via Disney+, Plus, it has boosted the overall excitement of Star Wars, which that's some genius marketing plans right there. Hey, guys, let's drop a fan service TV series, a show that every fan has been wanting pretty much. And uh, let's just lay back and reap the benefits yeah. because that's what they did. The that's Mandalorian did. is literally everything almost every Star Wars fan has wanted for the most part. Disney should be bowing down to that baby Yoda. <laughs> yep, The baby Yoda God. The baby Yoda God, they have to be yeah. bowing down. You know, to when, right when Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, it was not a golden calf they were worshiping. It was baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's going to make a cameo in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that would be funny. That, that oh, shit. I thought be. you'd be upset about that. <laughs> I would be annoyed, but we're trying to be positive. So I was trying to back you up, Raina. Oh, I okay. could just be like, that's a shit idea. <laughs> that's a shit idea. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Raina? No, no, no. See, that uh, they're going to come out and Baby Yoda is actually has grown up and is now the teacher of Ray. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's an awful. Uh, it never right, Star positive, Wars. Positive. He's going to pass the reign of Skywalker down on Ray. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you realize in what how many years have gone by from that movie 20 years he's still going to be a baby so he can't really train anyone i mean <laughs> essentially he's maybe what three or four in human years right now so in another 20 30 years he's going to be eight six or seven, six or seven beyond his years michael don't take that away from him all right obviously a, we have a baby a Yoda fan here <laughs> he could be a bounty hunter by this time Mike. oh yeah see Hmm. Oh, you you guys are. It sounds like you guys are both writing the next holiday special. <laughs> Let's do it, Dave. Let's do it. All right. So where was I? I completely got distracted with baby fucking Yoda. <laughs> oh yes, baby Yoda. What was Excitement. I talking about? Talking about the marketing. Okay, the marketing. I feel like it's done its work because I was going in. You know, let me save that. I do feel like the marketing has worked. This is what Disney does best, marketing, branding, and they have done an exceptional job creating a lot of excitement. And I like to be a little, um, the cynic in me likes to read between the lines. Yes, they're releasing a bunch of trailers and teasers and TV spots and clips because it's the final movie and they have more latitude, as Kathleen Kennedy said. But also, I follow numbers. That's what I do all day. Stock market box office analyses, if you will. And this movie's tracking lower than any Star Wars film. It is. It is. That That's the scariest Which thing by far. Which I guarantee you has Lucasfilm and Disney shaking in their boots. They can't afford for this to be a lackluster splash. This yeah. can't be a bloop. It has to be, oh shit, I just dropped a big old deuce and the back of my head got wet and my back and it's like sliding down my back now. <laughs> we all know those. They happen sometimes, Raina. Don't pretend. <laughs> So stupid. Um, that's going to all be cut. That's disgusting. <laughs> I feel like they're pushing all of this out there because it is tracking lower. 
at one point it was at 220 million then it dropped below 200 then it yeah. went back up above 200 i'm not quite sure as of right now where it's at but if you have a star wars movie tracking below 200 million yeah, in the grand scheme of things, that's a huge success. But this is Star Wars. Star Wars is groundbreaking, record-shattering pr- premieres every single time. Yeah. What they need, what they're looking for is another movie to outdo, like, the Titanic and Avatar. Oh, you went there they, with Titanic. They, <laughs> they, they, they have to outdo those movies. Mm-hmm. That's why— You want Poe to have a drown sequence and his arm to fall off? <laughs> In Frozen Wonders, In Frozen you're Waters. a sicko. You're just a dark person. I'm a dark, misogynistic why, why, person. Why do I do shows with you? <laughs> no, go ahead. What were you saying about Titanic? But like, and your it, fantasies, box box office wise, <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. They're, they 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 all know if it falls below top three, mm-hmm. it's a failure. It isn't, but it is. Yeah. This, this is Star Wars. It isn't a failure, but in their eyes, it's like shit. Yeah. In their eyes, it's basically, sh- well, yeah. it didn't live up to the expectations for the investment. Yeah. Because you got to remember, they, they bought this franchise from George Lucas for a reason. It wasn't just to, just to, you know, make every fanboy and fangirl out there right. happy. Right. It's to make money. To make money. But also, if they hope to have longevity... With this money train, they have to please fans. They can't just please the mainstream. And that's one thing I think they're figuring out. I'm not saying they need to accommodate every fans, all the fans, every whim. No, absolutely not. We yes. don't need fan service. We don't want writers and directors trying trying their hand at essentially fan fiction in order to appease the fans. However, you do need to take in the the general vibe, the general consensus of the fan base. Otherwise you have no fan base. The mm-hmm. mainstream people will go see a blockbuster film as long as it looks exciting. And star Wars has that title for the most part, but you also have to, you have to appeal to your fan base as well, because they're the ones that keep your show alive and relevant on social media in between movies, in between releases. The mainstream doesn't give a fuck. They're not going to tweet about star Wars on hashtags. They're not going to, you know, buy all the comic books and all the ancillary revenue streams. They're not. So they do have to keep the fans happy. I know a lot of people think nowadays that with the Star Wars fans that we're all a bunch of toxic assholes and uh, we don't matter, but we do. We do matter. We absolutely do. That's why we've had negative PR for the past year and a half. Exactly. And that's that's the really, really big balancing act that Disney is having to have to figure out because this is a, this is a fandom like they have never had to tackle before. Yeah. Marvel's easy because they started that gangster shit. Like that's them. They're the ones who revolutionized the Marvel films as they are today. Obviously they're not the first ones, but they're the first ones that do it real big like yeah. they did. So they kind of can mold and control the audience however they want because this is how they do it. With Star Wars, it's been around long before they got their grubby hands on it. It's a different fan base and it always will be. Oh, absolutely. The, and to some degree, you could say it's easier to appease comic book fans than it is say a Star Wars fan because like with comic books, comic book fans are more forgiving but and also- lenient. Yeah. Towards what you do, mm-hmm. but in Star Wars, there's a narr- the, uh, we have a set universe that's right there. 
Right. But also, Dave, they're not just comic book fans going to see like Marvel has garnered. I would say 85 percent of the Marvel fans of movies aren't comic book readers. They're oh, movie. They're yes. mo- They're a movie going audience. Yes. So. All right. So David Raina, after seeing all the recent teasers, the behind the scenes videos, the massive marketing push. What are your feelings overall going into the premiere next week or just a few short days away? Raina, let's start with you. Well, I'm going to say at first, I'm always excited for a Star Wars movie. I just always am. But I found myself a little bit less enthused about mm-hmm. this movie. Right. Um. I don't know. Like I said, maybe just based off of everything being so kind of happy-go-lucky and not as dark. But then I saw that trailer today that we'll talk about later, and that really upped my excitement to a whole different level that now I'm definitely – I mean, I was going to see it regardless, but now I'm really excited to go see it. All right. Any any, any wants? Is there any fan wants as a Star Wars fan, as a Star Wars mom, if you will? Yes, I have wants. Yes, I want if this is if this is as I've been hearing rumors, if this is going to start a whole different level, that's maybe not going to include Skywalker or maybe you just kind of move on from it. I want a satisfactory ending to the Skywalker chapter saga, whatever you want to call it. Uh huh. And I don't know how they're going to achieve that. I don't know how I want them to achieve that. I just know I want to leave the film knowing, okay, I'm okay walking away from the Skywalkers if that's what it's about. Right. I, I, and I feel that. See, I see. I love listening to like someone who's not as hardcore as us, David. Yeah. Because Raina sounds a lot like my mom. My mom is a hardcore Star Wars fan, but she doesn't do all the other stuff. She loves the movies, watches them all the time. You know, she essentially was an adult when they came out. I think she was in her 20s, possibly. So she essentially grew up with them, too. So she's been around. She loves them. And she has she basically said the same thing as you, Raina. She's all, I just feel like this is called the Skywalker saga. And I don't feel like there's anything Skywalker in it. They need if and I want she's all in this next movie. They need to really bring that to the forefront of why this is a Skywalker movie and and make it feel right. You know, give it a good conclusion. Yeah. So, Raina, anything else that you want that has to be in there? This is sheer fan service right now. So whatever else you want to see. Do you want to see Kylo and Ray make out? Do you want to see some <laughs> Finn Post stuff? Baby Yoda. No. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that's going to be on everyone's list. No. I think it is. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I think it is. It's not going to be, be on mine. To be clear, but... I do not want to see Baby Yoda in this film. Okay. I love Baby Yoda. Don't want to see him in this film. Um, no, Mike, I I really, I just want to see the film and see what it brings to me. I don't have anything, any fan service that I'm like, this better happen or I want to see this happen. Okay. I'm not That's like fair. that, actually. Okay. David, give it to me. Well, okay. My expectations for this, just from the trailers and a lot of the behind-the-scenes trailers that they've released, it it's doing the job. It's getting me really excited for it. They're, How, they're, they've been lubing us. They've been lubing us. Just like you said, Dave. However, 
I've learned my lesson. <laughs> this is supposed to be positive. It, it is positive. This is positive because I'm tying it to something that was relatively positive to me, which was I'm trying to go into this movie with lower expectations. Like when I went in with solo solo made me feel great. Right. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, I've been telling people like, especially fans, don't tell me, you know, like, oh, this is fantastic. Did you see this? Did you see this? Oh, how about this and this? And mixing all the Star Wars stuff and suddenly our expectations are far exceeding what the product's going to be. Because I think that that has been a problem with The Last Jedi. Our expectations for Last Jedi was through the roof. But you know what, Dave? And I, I agree with everything you're saying, but but rightfully so, though. Rightfully so. This is Star Wars. And it's the final chapter. Expectations are going to be high. This, is, this isn't Solo. This isn't Rogue One, which, honestly, I love both of those. But in the grand scheme of things, who gives a fucking shit about a standalone film? And I, this I, is I the Skywalk. This is 40 fucking. This is my childhood, David. <laughs> and see, this is why I said. I'm just joking. I, don't, I hate when people say my childhood. But I really yeah. do feel for the first time I actually understand that. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, just over I'm the not, last couple I'm of years. I'm never going to be one of those childhood babies. This is my childhood. This is my childhood. You're ruining my childhood. And suddenly it's like, it is our childhood. But I finally do. I, I'm 40 years old. I grew old. up with Star Wars. And I finally realize what people, I, I finally connect with that thought. Oh, yeah. Because if this movie sucks, I have been following a story for my entire life. My entire life. That just didn't. Matter. Matter. And suddenly, pop, goes your balloon. Yeah, and then, and then also that suicide hotline will start. <laughs> Starts just ringing. Yeah, new, I wasted 40 years of my gonna life. Have, they're gonna, if this movie sucks, they're going to have the busiest weekend that they've ever had. Hopefully, oh, yeah. they have a bunch of extra callers on standby. So, I, I might volunteer. I might volunteer to help out. So that's I might want to give back, David. That's partially why my expectations. Just going to ignore that? My goodness? You're just going <laughs> to ignore my goodness? How are you going to help people when you're probably going to need help if it doesn't end exactly. up? Exactly. <laughs> you're going to need the help, not them. You're, like, you're going to jump where? I'm going to jump with you. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll guide them. I'll be like, well, if you don't, if you want pain, do you want to feel pain or do you want to go out, you know, wow. silently and like, I'll help them. Here, Dr. Kevorkian. Just let me put this pillow over your face. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> me, if I were to want to commit suicide because this movie sucks, then yes, I, I want to feel pain. I want to feel I hatred. Feel I'm like, just, I want to. I want to. I want to remember and feel all the anger as my life just leaves my body. Just ebbs away. Good, good. Let the pain flow through you. Exactly. See, Raina knows. But I'm just joking. Suicide is not a joke. It's not funny. It is a little. It is in this little moment. In, in, in this little, in this little moment, this little moment here. It's all satirical. It's all a mad. couple seconds it's all, of silence. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Seriously though, if you need help, please call. You know, one eight hundred suicide hotline. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We at the we at from the back. I of just tank, made up that number. I don't think that, I don't think that's a real thing. But yes, you're right. But like, that's partially why. Going back to what I was like saying is like. My expectations for this are not as high as it was, say, a year and a half ago. Okay. That, that makes sense, though, Dave. They've gone Spe down. 
it, it's gone down. Yeah. Wow. But I'm actually happy where it is because now I, now that we're getting closer and closer to it. It's a more safe level. It's a, it's a more safe level. And it's also kind of like I'm I'm fully expecting to be surprised because I'm not expecting this. I'm not expecting this. There, I do have wants. Well, give them to me. Tell me your wants now. Let's get to it. And, okay. and if it's dumb stuff, I'm just going to end the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, number my first want that I actually have on on the list is I want them to make the story of Ray Poe and Finn give a, it, make it matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. These characters we barely know them. Right. Like me and you have touched on it in the past. Well, Finn agrees with you. Yeah. John Boyega John has Boy- released a statement saying pretty much the same thing. Yeah. That basically, in two movies, we haven't got much character growth on Ray, Foe, Foe. Who's Foe? Wow. <laughs> Poe and Finn. Is, oh, you, did you just do a ship name? I think did you I just did. Cre- you just created a ship name. <laughs> I think I did. I didn't know you but, ship Finn and Poe. <laughs> like that. But, like, we've barely gotten to know these characters and their motivations and stuff like that. And that, and because of that, we're not. What are you talking I about, Dave? Really like the Last Jedi them. did great for uh, Poe. I mean, they we're really, supposed to be positive. They, no, I'm serious. <laughs> they really fleshed out his character. He went from being an awesome, you know, pilot to a macho asshole. <laughs> I, I think we really learned a lot about him. Positive, Mike. <laughs> no, I, I am. I think we fleshed out a story. <laughs> fleshed out his story. <laughs> but like, and that leads me to the second one is Ray. My biggest want for Ray is we have to, at this point, explain her importance to the Force. Yeah. You know, that whole, the one thing that I thought The Last Jedi was, did very well, was the whole, all the sequences with Rey and Kylo Ren and their connections to the Force. Those were really enjoyable scenes, and it kind of touched on these two characters are very special in regards to the force. Why? And I think that they've been pulling back and pulling back on Ray. And that's partially why I feel a lot of people like gravitate to calling Ray a Mary Sue when she's not. The only problem with Ray is the fact that we haven't gotten the proper character development with her quite yet. And they're waiting to the, this last movie to give it to us. Yeah. So that is another want that I want is like if raise the raise the chosen one, you better explain it to us why. Right. Don't just basically say it doesn't matter about her background. No, 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 no. Right. Don't do that. All right. So what else? Any other major wants? Major want for me is like if you're going to make the last one. The last one I want is if you're going to kill off characters, make it matter, make it matter. Because the thing I've realized in the past Star Wars movies now, death is turning into like what I see in comic books. Has no meaning. It's just, it's just, it's just something. What what death are you talking about? Like say, for example, Han Solo. We never even touched on how everyone felt about Han Solo's death. Okay. I, and it got glossed over. I agree with that. And that's the last Jedi's mistake because what JJ and a lot of people don't give JJ enough credit. I felt that, I mean, it hurt yeah. seeing Han Solo die. 
it was one of the most emotional scenes in Star Wars. And I felt like if that if the movie didn't end that way, we would have left the theater, left the theater thinking, oh, OK, pretty good movie. But nothing emotional happened. There was no emotional impact. Yeah. But seeing the I think at that moment, you kind of understand Kylo Ren because he is a bit of a an enigma. He's not meant to be fully understood right now, yes. at least in that movie. But you get the guy is just tormented. We don't know why he's tormented. He's broken. Uh, he's disturbed. And in order for him to be released from this pain and to be to give in 100 percent to the dark side in hopes that this pain would be released, he did the unforgivable. He killed his father. He killed his father. He didn't want to, but he had this pain that was so deep that couldn't be explained that he figured if I do this, the pain will go away because I'll give myself completely to the dark side. And what happened in Last Jedi? He found out that 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 didn't work. That didn't work. He got broken even further into pieces. So I feel like the Kylo Ren aspect and the death of Han Solo does matter, but they have to make sure they continue that aspect into the third film. Because I feel like the one the, the single cohesive character arc in this new sequel trilogy is Kylo Ren. He's the only one. Yeah, Ray. They lost sight of Ray in the last movie. They lost sight of Finn. They lost sight of Poe. But the one character they really built on in both movies is Kylo Ren. Is Kylo Ren? So go ahead. Sorry, Dave. But like going back to what I was saying about the death with with Han Solo, it it got glossed over. It didn't. It wasn't. You never really saw the the gravity of his of his death. And I'm like thinking to myself. Then you get to Luke Skywalker, the death of Luke Skywalker. Fantastic moment. It made me tear up. But then I came to the realization afterwards that that was just a moment that they made to make the audience like shallowy, shallow, like a shallow feeling of emotion. It wasn't like a gravity type of situation like what you're explaining or how it affects Kylo Ren. You think it just moves the plot forward. It moves you, the plot You feel forward. like his death was simply a plot device yeah, to get us to device. the next. You know what, Dave? That's actually pretty perceptive. I never looked at it that way, and I don't agree with you the Han Solo thing. I feel like the Han Solo death was was powerful. It was powerful, but like— And the Luke death was—I like was what you said. It, it was good. It was a good death. But when you really break it down, what did it do? What did it do? Besides push the story forward, and it did really nothing for Luke himself as a character. Yeah, and like now we're going into this next one, and everyone's like saying, oh, they're going to kill C-3PO. They're going to ah! do this, and it's going to be really sad, and we're going to all cry. Yes, it'll be very emotional, but if C-3PO dies, Mm -hmm. does his death matter? Does it push it forward? And if it doesn't push it forward, what's the point? I I think it's going to (laughs) matter. I think all deaths will matter in this one because I'm hoping uh, that's what I said is like in my the last want that I want is make death matter. Don't turn it into like a trope, like what you see in comics where people just use death to push your story. Forward. Okay. Fair. Definitely understood. I feel you. I actually agree with you on a lot of those points. I agree with him, especially about Han Solo. I mean, it's one thing if you're a fan and you understand the meaning yeah. behind how his death, you know, moved Kylo Ren further into where he was going. But for the typical watcher, either you're going to want a little bit more depth into it, or you're going to just be like, Oh, that was cool. 
Wow, he, yeah. that was sad. And it feels like it was glossed over, even though deep down some of us do know, you know, the meaning behind it. They didn't yeah, I, really I don't address disagree. it very well in the film. I don't disagree that it was glossed over. I feel like I feel like the movie is not about Han Solo and Luke or Leia. The yes. movie's about these new people, and that's why the emphasis was put on them. And I feel like a lot of us Star Wars fans, including me, aren't prepared still for that. But I think I think going into this next movie, I think we understand that the movies are not about them. Yeah, it's not about and them. I do feel like they glossed over. It's one of the biggest things. I love Force Awakens. I think it's an expertly crafted film. But my biggest hate, and I will say hate of that movie, is that Leia didn't hug Chewie. When at the end of the movie, when she just lost her husband, Chewie just lost his best friend for life, and he walks right past her, and Leia hugs Ray. Why? Why? Ray doesn't know Han Solo. You should have hugged Chewie. Have a moment of grief together. Yeah, Maybe and he I smells. also agree. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel the same way about Luke. In fact, we talked about this. Um, one of our biggest. I think I threw something in the studio. When we found out that Luke's scene where he cries was cut, was cut from the movie from The Last Jedi. When he found out Han Solo died, there was a moment where he breaks into tears. And Mark Hamill said as an actor, it wasn't planned. It just happened because he was using all the emotions of this is the this is the final time he's he's or he's never going to have an opportunity to be on screen with the three, the three of them ever again. He said that's what he was using as motivation. And it just happened. It just tears came out and he started crying. Yeah. And and, I'm, and it was cut. It was cut. It was fucking cut. I'm trying to stay positive. Dave. <laughs> but, that, but that was how could you fucking cut that? Do you understand how powerful that would have been to see Luke Skywalker grieve over his friend and family, his brother-in-law. And we didn't get that and either. We didn't get that. So we never ever were able to grieve over Han Solo. So I do get what you're saying. I think there should have been a moment, a beat of rest so that we could all grieve the loss of Han Solo. Yes. Because as a character movement, a character growth moment for Kylo Ren, it works. But from, hey, this is Han Solo, one of the most beloved characters of all time. And there's no grieving. There's no grieving. Like death does not matter. So, <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, I, I agree with you, Dave. That's a good one. Um, my thoughts and expectations have changed a lot over the last couple of days. I have gotten to a point where I was like, I had gotten to a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready for whatever you give me. I didn't expect to completely love the film. However, I've been saying on and off the air that JJ Abrams is a good filmmaker. We know this. The guy yes. knows how to make movies. And I don't think we're going to go to see the rise of Skywalker and walk out thinking what a shit movie. But I also have a fear that it will be a good movie, but it won't be what we want or need in order to end the Skywalker saga. That's yes. been my fear. It's still my fear. However, with all the recent trailers and the behind the scenes things, I see that there's a general change in the feeling behind these promos and the behind the scenes interviews 
if you remember a couple shows ago, I had said that J.J. Abrams is never really decisive when he talks. I allude to the fact that Dave Filoni's in control of the conversation. He talks about Star Wars as if it's his, right? Yes. And J.J. talks more like, well, kind of a little passive about it. Like, he's not sure. Yes. Now, in the recent interviews, J.J.'s a pimp. <laughs> the dude is fucking confident, Dave. And because it's his confidence is coming through, he has ownership now of a movie, something that I have not seen him have yet. That's what's been lacking as a creator from his end. He's looking at it as I'm a fan and I just want to do right. Kind of like what you said a couple of weeks ago when I threw something at you about why does he care about what Lucas said? Yeah, I agree with part of what you said. He needs to quit looking at it so much as a fan and he needs to take ownership of the creativity. He knows Star Wars. Quit pussyfooting around and make it your own. And I, I've seen that now in interviews. He's no longer the bashful fan who has taken control of Star Wars. And he, oh, I can't believe I'm just so lucky to be here. There is ownership. And that has given me confidence. Because if a director's confident, and you know JJ's nervous as shit. Yes. And if he's confident, then I think we have a good movie on our hands here. Yeah. Because... If it's kind of like if because he's confident, it's going to transition into the screen. Absolutely. will, absolutely. will. now I have been a big fan of just about everything. I want to reiterate this. And and everyone that listens to us ongoing for the last three or four years knows that I have been a fan. You and I both, Dave, have been a big fan of just about everything Lucasfilm that they've done post Disney. Post the Disney buyout. Uh, the last Jedi I had my issues with, but everything has been fine for the most part. Big fan of JJ's force awakens. Yep. Uh, Howard's solo. I enjoyed Edwards rogue one. Of course, Filoni's work on star Wars rebels, the comics, particularly the ongoing titles. They've taken Lucas's world and they've built it out. They still have a long way to go to rival Lucas's era. And with all the retconning. Yes. But they have done a really good job. You and I can both agree on that. Oh, yeah. They've done a great job building out this world. This is a great start. The only thing that is killing me, as people know, is the indecisiveness of Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger, unwilling to commit to a solid plan from the movie side. The lack of story when it comes to the sequel trilogy. The Last Jedi was a bit of a speed bump. It slowed everything down. And I'm like, why are you slowing down when we need to move forward pretty fast? Because there's a lot of story here we got to get into. Put your pedal to the metal. Yeah, right. And that. And there's why. My. I should say, and that's why my excitement, I should say, has taken such a big hit is because of the indecisiveness and the speed bumps. You can have all this wonderful ancillary stories, but if the flagship series, the sequel trilogy, if, they, they're, if they're not brilliant and it, and it kind of just doesn't matter, then how can you have excitement with everything else? Exactly. It's like being a fan of a football team that loses every week, but they have a great um, special teams. Oh, they're great. Or they have a great quarterback. They have a great quarterback. Great. You're not fucking winning. That's great. He's MVP, bro. Great. (laughs) That's how I feel about it. And that's why my excitement has kind of dropped over the last year and a half, because I feel like they're, they're dropping, they're dropping the ball a little bit when it comes to the sequel trilogy. That's it. 
the problems moving into the third film are very apparent to anyone that pays attention to story and the development of a trilogy's narrative. And though I understand why Kathleen Kennedy and JJ have to toe the company line, I get it. You can't admit there's a hiccup when you're trying to run a business. But at the same time, I feel like I need to be validated as a fan. I need to know that my feelings about this sequel trilogy and the problems with the slow story or the lack of story at times with this. I need to know that I'm right. I need someone to tell me that I'm not being an irate fan baby, that there was wasted opportunity with TLJ and you agreeing with me, Dave is great. The fans out there agreeing is great, but I want to know that the creators behind Lucasfilm, that they are aware they're aware. Yeah. And the reason why, the reason why I need to know that is because then I know moving forward, there won't be any kinks. I will know for sure that this movie, the third and final Skywalker film, will be good. And I got that validation with JJ's recent interview. He said some words that show solidarity, but also expressed his own thought on why TLJ didn't work for the bulk of hardcore Star Wars fans. This is all I needed, Dave. And this is the biggest reason why my expectations for this third movie has skyrocketed. Because I feel like as a fan, we were acknowledged that there were problems. J.J. stated in a very diplomatic way, he did not bash The Last Jedi since day one. And I know people are now bashing J.J. for validating fans. Yeah, and okay? that's not what we want them to do. Don't bash the movie. Well, they're bashing J.J. now and Rise of Skywalker because he basically they're saying, why would you validate all the toxic fans? And JJ wasn't validating anyone necessarily that are toxic. He was saying what he's always said. And from day one, the moment he joined Twitter, what, like last year, what was the first tweet he said? I want to thank Ryan Johnson for the exceptional work he did on Last Jedi. Yes. What has he said for the last two or three months? Ryan Johnson has pushed him in a way that no one has ever pushed him. He has helped him to become a better filmmaker because of the way he Threw out expectations. What was the word he uses? Um, subversed. Subversed expectations. JJ said nothing but great things about his movie. Yes. And he follows up with an interview just a couple days ago where he says, uh, let's see, I have the article right here. Talking to New York Times, Abrams seems to have mixed feelings about Johnson's choice. It's not mixed feelings. I, I feel like it's all in the wording. They make JJ look like an asshole. He says, Last Jedi, full of surprises and subversion and all sorts of bold choices. And then he says, on the other hand, it's a bit of a meta approach to the story. And I don't think that people go to Star Wars to be told this type of story. This doesn't matter. He's right. Yeah. Ryan Johnson was consumed with political subtext. There's PSA moment. All of Rose Tico's story, which didn't amount to anything, was a PSA. Yeah, pretty much. Talking about the past and moving forward. I mean, forget the past. I liked the poetic side of that, but he put so much into the message of the movie, and that's what a lot of fans took away. You're like, listen, man, we go see Star Wars to see swashbuckling, fun antics. We don't go to see Star Wars to learn something. And that's essentially what JJ was saying, that he wasn't agreeing. He was saying as a Star Wars fan, he understands why the fans 
were a little miffed at times. And all I, all I needed for me was this. Yes. Was him accepting the fact that it might have not been perfect. Because now I feel like, okay, you guys were able to take a step back. You and Kathleen Kennedy and the rest of Lucasfilm took a step back and said, all right, what, what have we done wrong? Not just in Last Jedi, but Force Awakens, Rogue One, Solo. What have we done? Where have we hit successes? And where have we failed? And with that statement, that's a creator that's willing to look back and say, okay, we need to, we need to, this needs to be a success. This needs to be a home run with the fans. This isn't a guy bashing anything. This is a guy wanting to make a good movie to satisfy fans because this is the last of the Skywalker saga. You should be making this for the fans. This should be a love letter to the fans. This is fans. This is the final movie. So when he said that, I felt good about it. I admit that's the only reason why outside of some of the clips we've seen recently, especially the Kylo Ren clip. That's the reason why my excitement for this movie has skyrocketed because I feel validated. I feel like they were willing to look at the movie for its flaws and successes and say, let's go this direction, which is what you should do. Yes. So I love it. Right. I think. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, do you like his words, Dave? Be honest. When you put it into, when you put it into that context, yes, because like we're, we as Star Wars fans are not, you know, the rational ones. I like to say the rational ones. Right. We don't want them to just shit all over uh, Rian Johnson and tell him he's a terrible filmmaker. No, we don't want that. We don't want We that. really don't want that. But we want them to accept that basically, hey. There were some mistakes. There were some mistakes, but we're going to correct them. Learn from your past. Learn from the past project. Well, because they were so consumed with rectifying m- mistakes that people felt that Lucas made in the prequels, right? Yeah. Every interview. Oh, we're going to be very different than the prequels. We're, that was that was the goal in like nineteen what in two thousand and uh, what thirteen fourteen. They were trying to run so far away from the prequels. They were able to look at the mistakes the prequels made, and they didn't really make those same mistakes so why can't they do the same thing or this yeah and i think that's what they've done and that's uh, and i i'm hoping that that that's what they done that's what they did maintaining optimism maintaining optimism yes um john boyega also says something similar and i'm just going to paraphrase because we don't have time to get into it but john boyega basically expresses in an interview uh where he also had issues with the rise of Skywalker from the very beginning. He said the script was iffy. And he had shared his thoughts with Mark Hamill, who was kind of like the father of the set, you know, with these, <laughs> uh, with these actors. And Mark Hamill had agreed, according to Boyega, that he also felt iffy about the script. You could tell, you could tell too, because like if that, just hearing that from him, explains why his performance was not one of the best like it if you look at uh if you look at last jedi his performance as finn it, it, it there was something wrong with well it. it just wasn't a story that was his story wasn't relevant he he him and rose tiga went off on their own and in the end they didn't even tie it back into the main story it all it they didn't even need the splicer at the end. It didn't even matter. Didn't None matter. of it mattered. None of it mattered. So that's why it was a strange story. So as an actor like John Boyega reading that script, that's the first red flag I would have too. I'm like, okay, where does my story connect back in? Where's my development as a character? 
what are we going to do here? And he had said that The Force Awakens was a very, very strong start. And then it kind of went away. It went away because his enthusiasm for it went away. And it it goes back to what we were saying is like when you can see someone's enthusiasm about something diminish, it affects what's on the screen. Right. And because of all of this. I feel like, and again, this is not supposed to be negative. This is supposed to be a positive. I'm saying that because we're getting real honest thoughts here, I because of all of this, I feel like Lucasfilm, as I just said a moment ago, as a group led by JJ, took a hard look at the overall trilogy as it stood and their other potential like mess ups maybe and other things. The issues with TFA, the issues in TLJ, and they figured how to make it all work. They weren't being stubborn little shits saying this is the story and that's how it is. Number one, JJ doesn't want to make a shit movie. He doesn't. He doesn't want this to be his career ender. And number two, Kennedy and Disney need Star Wars to resonate. And the franchise has taken a major PR hit since TLJ. You can't deny that. Even if you love the movie and you think the movie's perfect. Star Wars PR since the release of The Last Jedi has plummeted. Yeah, it, it says a lot. It says a lot that basically the Mandalorian is the one is the project that seems to have kind of re-energized right. the Star Wars fan yeah. base. Yeah. But when you look at Mandalorian, it's like it's only the hardcore fans that are being enthused about it. It's only the like because why? Because the series is made for the fans. Right. So, Dave, that's that's let's we got to go to a break here. But so my expectations have been elevated because of all of this. Yes. And now I hate myself because my expectations are high. <laughs> and see, that's what I was trying to do. Uh, but listen, dodge. it is what it is, Dave. Yes. You know, I tried to stifle my expectations, but you can't. This is Star Wars. How do you do that? But I feel better about having those expectations because I feel like we're getting a very honest discussion going between the creators and the fans. Yes. And I love it. It's something that Lucas never even did. No, because Lucas was very guarded. He yeah. was very guarded and he didn't like people. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to jump into our theories. Based on this recent Kylo Ren trailer. I have a lot, Dave. Are you ready? Because usually you're the one that tells people to put on their tinfoil hats. It's going to be me today. You ready for it? All set. All right. We'll be right back. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Is the UK's second most common STI, the number of cases of the new antibiotic-resistant strain is slowly on the rise. Yeah, I like how, like, we're being attacked by measles, polio, and now a super gonorrhea 
strain. I mean, How can we nervous. weaponize this and give it to AOC, Jenny McCarthy, and Kim Jong-un? I will infect an entire nation. We will defeat North Korea by giving them gyneria. Thomas, I think you're the so- perfect soldier. You're the like the STI Rambo because you like men and women. You could just leave me behind enemy lines. Yeah, we'll just drop you there with no condoms. I'm like, get to it. You are our Captain America. <laughs> you're our gyneria soldier. This mission, should I choose to accept it? Our super gyneria soldier. Jesus. Time to send in our, our super soldier, everybody. You guys remember uh, Vietnam? Yeah. We're going to do it all over again, but we've got to read it this time. Send Thomas in. He needs air support over. Find all the loosest sluts in downtown Phoenix and bring them on board the airplane. I'm going to need a bottle of Viagra, six cases of Gatorade. What about the Navy band. SEALs, sir? What about the Navy SEALs? No, 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 no. We need, uh, we need Trixie, Cindy, and Lola from around the corner. <laughs> Thomas is the general. He will lead the charge of the STI invasion. Sir, they don't have gonorrhea. Thomas! Thomas! Yeah, yeah. We need you to go ahead and infect these sluts, sluts, I mean, whores, I mean, ladies, soldiers. <laughs> We have just found our inside man. Mr. President, it would be my honor to be inside men. <laughs> to do you know, it all. I, I gotta make sure you're fully prepared. Whip your deck out. I want to make sure there's some discharge there. Come on. It's not gay. Let me touch it. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. You looking at nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Saturdays. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> for kids. Or, like, one of them, like, you get... This is, I mean, this the is fact work that Marvel's for... been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. Yeah. I walked in, it's the guy starts And that's how they go out. Like, because the, the rebirth, when they ditched the new 52, because the new 52, they weren't always on the best of terms. They're back together, or, you know, they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rain Man digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rain Man Channel 001. It's Weird West Sunday. So the first thing I look at is, okay, if you're doing a Western and your inspiration is the surrealism of Sergio Leone, then you better have your panels drawn in such a way that it resembles the work of Leone. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Sergio Leone was known during a time when anamorphing was being used. The comic book pages of Pretty Deadly is you saw those mimicking images. And I'm not talking just the wide screen style shots, but also just the depth of field and making sure certain elements should stay in focus. Emma Rio studied and did her homework when she got down to doing this comic book. Yeah, she did a great job. I think going down the path and kind of creating their own their own lore. They created their own lore. Mm-hmm. I think it, it leaves more room for mystery and more room for creativity and originality. Well, and like this one, I don't think I don't think they threw that so much into your face either. 
yeah you know the christianity or or paganism or anything like that it was if you if you read it like i kind of read it Catch up on your favorite Weird West discussions from Mike and Clint every Sunday on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. everybody star wars from the back to tang be sure to find us on itunes stitcher google play and spotify just search star wars from the back to tank leave us reviews we need those reviews guys we know you're listening we can see those numbers but our reviews and ratings come on seriously come on we're not angry we're, we're not gonna troll you no i'm going to troll them if they don't <laughs> all right so let me pull up this Kylo Ren trailer here. Give me a second because I'm not prepared. You guys talk for a moment, David. Well, going back to what, so after explaining our needs and wants and expectations for the movie, Raina, with your expectations, I know you. we basically said that yours is more or less kind of like the mass audience. But do, does our needs and wants make sense to you as the mass audience? They do, yeah, because I feel like uh, uh, when you have the Star Wars base, fan base, and just in general, the Star Wars universe, we should be able to have expectations, high expectations, and still be satisfied. And I, I feel like a lackluster movie or two has kind of taken that down a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's the... that's. I think what has me a little scared and why my expectations went down. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> I know. Don't be scared. But one of my expectations that went down was just two lackluster uh, performances by, by on the cinema side, on the cinema side well, of Star Two lackluster. What are you talking about? Well, if you, okay. We know that Solo was good. Oh, okay. You're talking about right? box office. Box wise. office wise. Yeah. Well, that was just a disappointment because we all wanted Solo to be such a home run at the box office, especially when you love a movie so much. And that's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Never mind the African kids that have no food and the blood diamonds. It's a tragedy <laughs> it's that a tra- Solo didn't perform well at the box office. But it's a tragedy for, for us fans because like it, it really does affect how the how like mass audiences and the world views perceive star Wars perceives. No, you're, Wars. you're absolutely right. It's, it's big dick syndrome. It, it, you could be the most good looking dude in the world. But if you like were suddenly like stripped naked and let's say Jesse Momoa had like a two inch penis, people would never look at him the same, <laughs> you know, it sounds, it sounds, it's, yes, it's true. Right. Yeah, it's true. And like the, one of the things that basically just takes away my, uh, takes away my passion for Star Wars is just seeing like how 
regular audience members and mass audiences view us as Star Wars fans. Right. Like that meme that basically is, hey, look, Mandalorian, the one thing that all Star Wars fans, it's a miracle. Yeah. It's something the Star Wars fans don't hate. You know, David, you're spot on today because somebody made a comment recently on a Facebook. I, I love reading comment sections to Star Wars stuff because it's it's you want to see like the bottom of society. You go, go to the comment go section. Go to a comment section. Yeah. Uh, for anything, but especially Star Wars. And this guy writes, guys, I'm new to Star Wars. I decided to watch Star Wars because the Mandalorian looked pretty cool and I have Disney Plus. I watched it. I like the Mandalorian. So then I decided to watch the Star Wars movies. And to be honest with you, I don't know what you guys are all bitching about. They all suck. I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, you bastard. Like, I don't want that to be the perception that Star Wars sucks. Yeah. It bothered me. It bothers it bothers us as fans. Yeah. And- that's why uh, you don't want people hating your new red bike. You yeah. know, like you want to ride that red bicycle and everyone to be like, oh, look at that new bike. You want people to be envious. And right? you want them to want the red bike. Dude, my analogies are on point tonight. You know it. <laughs> Give me some props, Dave. <laughs> that is some props, especially uh, especially like the call uh, calls to things that basically only me and you would understand. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's play this trailer and we're going to stop it. You know what? Let me play it all the way through once. And then we're going to play it again, and we're going to stop it okay. and talk about things. Okay, here we go. TIE Fighter comes in. Kylo's TIE Fighter goes to a planet that looks all scorched. Lots of electricity in the sky. You know you like that Sith talking, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, that's Darth Maul shit. They brought it back. <laughs> then you have the ominous chant. God, I love it. God, I love his voice. you've ever heard in your, in your head. head okay so dave this goes right back to the the issue that we've had not the issue but the question with kylo ren talking to darth vader's helmet we yes. get we get the idea that he's communicating in fact i believe there's some in, been some tie-in comics have also delved into that so i think that fixes the problem why first off why would vader talk to kylo when he died with his redemption and he went to the light. He, yeah. he died a good person. So why would he now be talking to Kylo Ren and urging him on? Because I Anakin was the same thing. Anakin was, uh, Anakin was seen to be reborn. Right. So, I mean, the, the, the easiest and simplest way to look at it is, Hey, Palpatine has been talking to him to nudge him and push him to the dark side. Snoke was a puppet. Snoke didn't matter. He's fixing the issue that so many people had with, 
the rise of Skywalker. How would you how could you kill your main villain? Well, simple. He's not a main villain. He's just a mouthpiece, another pawn in Palpatine's game, another vessel. He's another voice that's in Kylo's head, head, pushing him to do the wrong thing, going down the dark path, just like Palpatine did with Anakin since the time he met him when he was a child. That's why it was so easy for Anakin to turn at the end in Revenge of the Sith because this man who's a father figure told him to do something and he says, yes, I will do it. He's been schooled for countless years without even knowing he's been trained in the ways of the dark side. Now we see the same thing happening with Kylo Ren. Yes. Okay, I like this. But this also creates a theory for me, Dave. Now, if Palpatine... Okay, tinfoil hat ready. As we know it, as we know Palpatine, okay? Okay. He died. There's no way he didn't die. Yes. He fell down a reactor shaft. 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 Not a mine. Okay, Dave? <laughs> a he, tunnel. He fell down a reactor shaft. He's dead. Cloning, I've never been keen on that. I've always felt like it was too science. It was too sciencey. We need to stay with the mysticism of the force. I don't think Palpatine was Sheev Palpatine's first body. Meaning, I don't think a body matters to him. What if Sheev Palpatine didn't matter either, just like Snoke? What if it was just some corporeal vessel for this massive dark side presence? And the mystery of this movie is who is this dark side presence for real? See, I like that solely because when you look at like what the dark side, especially to, to Palpatine does, I mean, his body is decaying throughout the, from the prequels, when we first see him to return of Jedi, he is decaying. And if you go to your Star Wars canon, when you're too strong in the force and you're using things that you should not be using, the, the things that the Jedi call unnatural, like Palpatine says, it destroys your body. It destroys your body. You know, we've seen that countless times in Star Wars lore. I mean, Darth Malgus with his cracked skin. Darth Nihilus. Darth Nihilus with his, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Darth Nihilus yeah. with the cracked skin. And whenever you go down the dark, the dark side path you're you start almost like withering away right and that's why i'm thinking looking at nihilus's lore now nihilus is no longer canon he's legends he's legends okay yes. now i'm not saying he's darth nihilus but when you think about it he could very well be something like nihilus just a presence something that became so powerful imagine if they do this with palpatine dude it would make sense on so many levels if he has just been here for, I'm not saying eons, I'm saying he's an ancient presence, an ancient Sith Lord from another time that has been going through different times, manipulating things to get to one purpose. And his one purpose was to create the Skywalker bloodline for whatever reason. We already know that is a thing. Yeah. Recently in the comic book, first it was retconned in 2012. Then it was brought back into, back canon, into canon that Palpatine did create Anakin, Anakin. Yeah. through the manipulation of midichlorians. So we already know that. So if he's able to do that, what else can he do? He created Skywalker for a reason, and that's an answer we have never received. So if he created Skywalker, what's the point? Maybe he got it wrong with Darth Vader for whatever reason because of the unexpected 
Luke Skywalker. Yes. He was something that he did not see coming. Luke Skywalker foiled his plan, but now he has Kylo Ren. He can slowly manipulate Manipulate. and turn evil. Now, if you look at Star Wars canon or even retcon canon, Nihilus comes the closest to this. Nihilus's affliction developed to the point where the Dark Lord was forced to call upon the dark side of the force to encase his spirit within his mask and armor to stay alive. Yes. Nihilus became so absorbed by the dark side of the force and his hunger that as his physical body began to erode, knowing that he would succumb to death if he did not act soon, Nihilus ripped his spirit from his body and encased it in the armor he wore, thus allowing the dark side to consume his useless body. Now, I'm not saying he's Darth Nihilus. I'm saying there is things in Star Wars canon, retconned and not, that we could use as a source of uh, inspiration. Inspiration, yeah. It, it would make sense. And for me, this would make more sense than simply a clone. Or simply, hey, guys, I didn't die. I survived at the bottom of the reactor shaft. If, if they were to tie this into something more ancient and even more conniving and manipulative, as we already know he is... I I would be okay with that. I would be okay with it. And you can simply, I mean, there is, there is a name in star Wars lore since the prequels. And it would be nice if they tied it to this is Plagueis. Darth Plagueis. Oh yeah. Yeah. They could use him too. He's brought up in the most epic scene in revenge of the Sith about, and, and it starts Palpatine, tempting Anakin because he wants to tell him the story of Plagueis the Wise. And why bring up that name? Why bring up him? It's never really explained. Yes, it's hinted that basically... It's talked about in the books. It's talked about that Plagueis was the teacher of you know, Sheev. And and dude, he very well can be because he could have been. Let's say Plagueis was his, his teacher. Let's say. Whatever. But Plagueis figures out how to become immortal. Yeah. I mean, it could work, dude. I mean, and, and maybe he took over Palpatine's body. And exactly. She's, or vice versa. There are tons of clues in this trailer. And I'm not yes. going to go through all of them because we could spend about an hour. Because I rewatched this about 20 times. There are so many clues. Number one, I'm going to say that the planet that Kylo Ren is walking on. Or landed on, I should say. And then walking towards that upside down pyramid yes that's malachor yes and if you watch star wars rebels as well as read various comic books dealing with uh darth maul's origins and palpatine's training of darth maul malachor is a planet that keeps popping up yes it's where he took maul to have him smell the ash of dead inhale the ash of dead sith lords and once he did that he consumed all of their anger and hatred of the jedi and that's how darth maul became so hateful malachor is a scorched and destroyed planet because of a weapon i believe the jedi used against the sith yes that completely just inflamed everyone engulfed everyone in flame and they just disintegrated and burned to ash yeah they got turned to almost pillars look at the ground that kylo ren's walking on it's scorched and burnt, and it's jagged and cracked, just like Malachor. The pyramid type, though it could be a Sith temple, and they have similar architecture, right? Yes. That temple looks a hell of a lot similar to the stuff we've seen on Malachor. It is. Even the way he enters it from the bottom. Yeah. 
And if it's Malachor, then we're delving deep, Dave. We're delving deep into Sith lore. If you're, yeah, you would be delving very deep into Sith lore, and you would be dealing with a planet that has shown up throughout all of like the iterations of Star Wars. It showed up in Rebels. It showed up. It was Legends, and it, then it got retconned, and it, it was retconned. brought back and in. It got brought back. Yeah. And then you, you had it talked about in books, had it talked about in comics. So now it would make sense to, all right, let's bring this concept into the cinema side. Yeah, it would work, Dave, on a lot of levels. I'm hoping that the background isn't just simply, you know, mood. I'm hoping there's a story behind this temple. We saw all those statues back there, which, by the way, Dave, I'm just going to say it. If you freeze frame, there's a statue that I zoomed in on. Yeah. And it looks like Darth Nihilus. Yes. All the. Oh, you saw it? I saw it. Okay. So I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Okay. There's a symbol in the center of his head like Darth Nihilus. It has the slits that go up on the sides of his two right above both of his eyes. Yeah. For his armor. And it looks like a statue of Darth Nihilus. It looks like a statue of Darth Nihilus. Now, I'm you not saying the, he is Darth Nihilus, but I'm saying that's definitely a temple, and they're bringing the story of Nihilus in, even if it's subtle. Yeah, you can see that basically they're hinting at some major figures of of, of Sith. Sith legends. Yep. I mean, one of the one of the one of the statues to me look like Revan. It I looks like the Revan mask. I saw that too, Dave. And this goes. The reason why I brought this up is because this goes right back to. My wants, because I didn't get into my wants. I told you about my expectations. Yes. My want, my single greatest want, besides the obvious, a connected, non-disjointed story that feels right. We need to have an ending. That's obvious. We need to delve into the Sith for the first time. The Sith has been at the center of this entire debacle when it comes to the Skywalkers. We need to understand them fully. We need to understand the plan behind everything. And in order to do that, we have to delve into Sith mythology for the first time. At least we have more wants. Yeah, we have to do it. Raina, if you had read like a lot of the stuff that we, and this is me being a super nerd star Wars fan and being a, you know, I want this, I want that. But growing up reading the dark horse comic books in the nineties, and you saw how deep the Sith lore is I know. We, I actually know a lot about the Sith okay. Legends. Bane, okay. Plagueis. Yes. They're awesome. There's so much there, and we never is, see yeah. them. We never see them in movies. This see, but to, now my expectations, If <laughs> now I want this, and if I don't get it, I'm going to be upset. You're, you're, you're giving, you're giving <laughs> Raina blue balls. I Michael. know, <laughs> and, I, and I feel like this is increasing my expectations even more, but I, I this is my... My greatest want. We need to understand the Sith. We don't. It's a great want. And it makes so much sense. The rules of two. No one knows the rules of two unless you've read books and comics. Why do they do that? We have delved into this stuff in comic books and in and books. But when it comes to the actual story, the story that the mainstream sees, that 90 percent of the world sees, they don't understand any of it. Yeah. And let's let's delve into that shit. And it would it would also answer one of I know Raina, you mentioned that, that right now the trilogy is so light and uh, you know happy go lucky and everything's bright colors and everything and it needs that darker side to it. This would essentially bring in that darker element, kind of bring the balance to the balance, light. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Good way of putting it, Dave, you stupid nerd. <laughs> so stupid. Bring balance to the force of the films. Exactly. I, honestly, that's as, as cheesy as, this, as it sounds right now, Star Wars just feels out of balance. Well, in order to bring that back, you have to bring in that lore element, that that mystic element that me and uh, you and me, uh, you and me, Mike, have been saying since the get go. Yeah. What is Star Wars? What makes Star Wars special? The mysticism. Yeah. Those we, elements we like. We need to get into it. I mean, fuck. Yoda on Dagobah. Why haven't we got into Jedi mysticism either? Like, there, I think there's so many missed opportunities. And it's like, come on, guys. Well, like, you, we have the yeah. Bindu. We have the Jedi. Exactly. We have the, why are we not. Guardians de- of the Will. Yeah. Why are we not delve the Thank you. And the wellspring of life and the birthplace of the Midichlorians. Why are we not getting to any of this awesome shit? In, in, in the film side. From the film side. From yes. the film side. Now, if they were to do this, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah. If they actually, if you opened up the, the movie right here with this opening scene and all of a sudden you see Palpatine talking to Kylo Ren and suddenly he makes Kylo Ren breathe in ashes and you see the lives of all the Sith Lords. And it would it would explain so much about Kylo Ren, yeah. especially since you know creating his own little Knights of Ren. Yeah, it would explain it for the for the cinema audience, right? And JJ has said that this is not just a sequel to the Last Jedi. This is a sequel to every single Star Wars movie, every Skywalker film. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening to Star Wars from the Bacta Tank. If you want to get more Bacta, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rayman Digital. Pledge a minimum of $3, and you gain access to all of our additional Star Wars discussions that we do. Uh, every week we have an additional show out there, including our, our two weekly shows. That's three Star Wars shows a week in total. Helps us stay on the air. If you want to keep, If you want us to keep doing these shows, we need your support. So, yeah. All right, David, thank you. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes.